welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. The, the amazing thing is we have a God of miracles. And, and it, it's something that actually I believe that the Lord is wanting to bring back into the forefront of our minds in the body of Christ. And I, I believe we're moving into an era of time where miracles are going to start becoming so common um, that people are going to expect uh, miracles way more than is happening now. But I want to start by telling a story that happened to Debbie and I about, um, about 10 years ago. We were homeschooling our kids at the time, and, and uh, Debbie came home from a homeschooling function, and she was very excited because she had met this lovely uh, uh, new couple. She'd never met them before, and uh, she came back, and she said, oh, they're such a nice couple. And you know what? They have got... A six-year-old little boy, five, six-year-old, and um, they but they're trusting God for another baby, and they haven't been able to have another baby. She said, "Listen, we we I'm going back tomorrow. You have to pray for them." And of course, my question was like, "Why do I have to pray for them? Why can't you pray for them?" But anyway, so we the next day we go there. I meet them, just this lovely couple, and I and chat for a while. And I say, "Now listen, my wife tells me." that you've been battling to have another baby and you're trusting for a new baby. Can I pray for you that God would do a miracle? And they were like, yeah, sure. So we took them aside into a side room and um, we started to pray. But a couple of things happened as we started to pray. First thing that happened was God gave me um, a prophetic, uh, prophetic word um, for the man. And uh, I pray, uh, prayed for him and uh, the, the lady just starts laughing, and she's laughing at him. And, and he's like, what? He says, wow, he really got you. And then I prophesied over her, and as I prophesied over her, she dissolves into tears because God really got her too. And then we prayed um, for her to fall pregnant because after six years now, they like, tried everything. They were feeling that they were losing, uh, losing hope. So we prayed for them that they'd have another baby. And I was very excited about that. And we started leaving the, the meeting. And the guy comes up next to me. And um, now you need to under, understand the context. Our homeschooling group was almost entirely Christians. So I assumed that this was a Christian couple. So as we go out, he, he says to me, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been to church a lot. And I was like, yeah, thinking, yeah, that's what we do. That's, yeah, that's what we do. He said, yeah, but I, 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 I've been to church a lot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. He says, but, but I've never actually given my life to God. And I was like, whoa, oh, okay. I have to reframe this in my mind. And I looked at him and said, well, why not? He said, because I've never seen God do anything until today. Could I meet with you, please, during, uh, during the week? I, I want to talk about this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And so we met during the week. And the first thing he told me is like, yeah, that was, that was amazing. That, 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 that sensation that I felt, what was that? And I began to speak to him about the Holy Spirit. And, and he told me that the prophetic word was so accurate. And, and then he mentioned that he and the lady were not actually married. Um, so here I was, Pastor Nigel, praying for the two who were not married to have another child. And... All of you understand where children come from. And so I can remember thinking, you know, Jesus, you gave me some really specific information about their lives. 
I would have thought that, that was a really important piece of information to mention. But God didn't mention that. But you know what? God was beginning to work in their lives and the most amazing thing happened. First of all, she fell pregnant a month later. So, uh, before they got married. She recommitted her life to Jesus because she'd served the Lord when she was young but had fallen away from Him. He gave His life to the Lord. She fell pregnant and they started coming to our church and, and we told them, listen, you really need to get married. And they were like, no, we, we really don't feel the need to get married. You know, it's, we can't see the point. And um, after the baby was born, so it was more than 10 months after he prayed, they came to us and they said, you know, we still don't understand why it's necessary to be married, but we can see it in the Word. So we're just going to uh, do it. And uh, we had the privilege of doing one of the most beautiful weddings that we've ever done in ministry, where she walked down the aisle, baby on her arm, and uh, just bawling, just literally bawling, as the presence of God came on her, and she got married. And she came to us after, and she said, yes, I realized I actually really did want to get married the whole time. <laughs> and and so it, she had had so much pain and hurt in her heart that that desire had been... Uh, yeah. But you know, the amazing thing was, God knew what she needed. Yeah. And if he had led with, you need to get married. Yeah. I don't think... That, and, and, and But... The bit I want to draw out of that was this, was that he turned to me and he said this, I've never seen God do anything yeah. or say anything till now. If you look in, um, in uh, Isaiah 41 verse 21, that's the very definition of an idol. The very definition of an idol, according to the Bible, is that it does nothing and it says nothing. And um, that should not be the picture that we have given to the world yeah. of our God. Um, Isaiah 41 verse 21. Present your case, the Lord says. Bring forward your strong arguments, the king of Jacob says. Let them bring forth and declare to us what is going to take place. As for the former events, declare what they were, that we may consider them and know their outcome, or announce to us what is coming. Declare the things that, we are, that are going to come afterward, that we may know that you are God's. Indeed, do good or evil that we may anxiously look about us and fear together. Behold, you are of no account and your work amounts to nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination. This is the Lord's judgment against idols. He's saying, he's speaking through Isaiah, he's spe uh, speaking to the idols that, uh, uh, that Israel had embraced. And said, come on, tell me something. Tell me what's going to come. Tell me what came before. Tell me what will come afterwards. Just do anything. Make us afraid. Make us happy. Do something. Because you, uh, the, the, thing, the thing is, you do nothing. You are of no account. And, and I think one of the challenges in our modern day is that we've, we have unconsciously, in some parts of the church, we've embraced an idolatrous picture of God. Where we think that God is either absent or distant or quiet or He can't do, uh, do anything. And we've given that impression to the world that our God says nothing, does nothing. And as a result, the world thinks that, that our God is of, uh, of no account. And the reality is, is that if we do not have a supernatural faith, we do not have a biblical faith. If you do not have a supernatural faith, you don't have a biblical faith. How, how can I say that? Well... Let's look at the Bible, and I'll do a whistle-stop tour through the Bible. The creation, how many of you think the creation was fairly supernatural? 
God, by his word, created the, the, uh, the whole earth. That was fairly, fairly supernatural. Then the, the creation of Israel, he, he took Abraham, a man in a, in, a, in a foreign country, and he spoke to him, gave him a prophetic word, told him not only his destiny, the destiny of his family, but he spoke into, into creation, the nation of Israel uh, that would come. And this was a guy who had children in his dotage with a lady who has way past time. That was pretty miraculous. And miracles happened right through, uh, through his life. How, how about Isaac? Isaac was the very definition of a supernatural uh, promise uh, given uh, by God. Joseph, um, thrown, into, uh, thrown into a pit, taken into a foreign nation, and God raises up a slave, makes him basically the prime minister of the most powerful nation in the world so that he may deliver the people uh, of Israel. Miracle after miracle after miracle. The stories of Samson and the judges, the story of uh, Samuel, da uh, David, the prophets. The whole Old Testament is filled with miracles. There is no part of the Bible that is not supernatural and, f uh, and full of miracles. Of course, then we move into the, into the New Testament and, and Jesus comes, our Messiah. And Jesus, he lives a life of, mirac uh, of miracles. His birth is miraculous. His, uh, his birth is announced by an uh, angels. Um, a choir of angels attends uh, his birth. Um, people from foreign countries with no travel agent book tickets and find him in a stable in, uh, in Bethlehem. It's amazing. Um, he, he does three years of the most extraordinary uh, uh, miracles. Then the disciples, ordinary men, are, uh, honest, uh, uh, not, not powerful men, not wealthy men, but when they come into contact with Jesus, their whole life changes. All of a sudden, he says to them, okay, guys, I want you to go on a mission trip on your own. I'm not coming with you. I'm going to send you two by two into the, t uh, into the towns around, and you're going to do what you've seen me do. I want you to imagine what they thought on the way out. Because we get the story of them coming in. You know, it says they returned with great joy, and they said to Jesus, Jesus, in your name, even the demons came out. I, I remember when Debbie and I started our first church, and I was 22, what we had to do, what, what we decided to do, we went out soul winning on the, on the campus. And at first, Debbie and I went out and we uh, took the small church, uh, the little group of students that we had with us. We would go and we would lead. And then after a couple of weeks that they'd watched us do it, we sent them out. And I can remember listening to the students going out. On the way out, you'd hear them going, you lead. No, you, you talk. No, no. I, I really sense, I really sense the Lord is saying, you lead. No, 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 no. You know, I just, you know, you just so persuasive. The anointing is on you, bro. And literally, that was the way they would go out. But we would, and they would come back. And it was, I remember them coming. I was like, next week, I'm leading. No, 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 no. I'm talking. Because they went out. They just saw God move. They saw God touch people's lives. And all of a sudden, they realized, my gosh, God moves in me. And I remember settling it by saying, it's fine. You're both going to lead and take new people next week. And in that first year, we managed to reach every room on the campus of Rhodes University yeah. uh, with, uh, with teams share, uh, sharing the gospel. So, you know, you know the, the thing is, is our God is miraculous. The disciples went out, they, were, they went out afraid, but they came back saying, man, miracles happened at your name. Demons came out. People, uh, people uh, got healed. Then, of course, the, uh, the book of Acts is literally called um, the Acts of the Apostles. It was a book written specifically to record the miraculous things that happened when, uh, when the, uh, the early apostles went out. 
The early church was filled with miracles. And the reality is, is church history has never stopped being miraculous. But what happens is often the history of the church gets reinterpreted two generations down. And, and, and we get shy of miracles. We like, we're embarrassed. And we don't want to look funny or, 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 or flaky or, or kooky. And so we just get embarrassed and we just don't tell those stories. And we lose the stories of the miraculous uh, work of God. Almost every church movement, even the most staid and um, ritualistic, traditional um, movements of the church around the world started in the miraculous, started with revival and started in, in power. So the question is, why don't we see more miracles? Well, I've got a couple of theories. One is we don't expect them. You will often miss what you don't expect to see. If you don't expect to see it, you often will just discount it. Um, one of the first miraculous occurrences that I can remember in our life, um, Debbie and I were students and we were just courting at that stage and we were on a camp. Um, we were on a camp at a place called Camp Joy, which was the worst named place ever. Uh, I mean, honestly, the, the, the facilities were dreadful. Uh, it was, that was fake advertising. <laughs> Um, but so you had to bring your own joy. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my, try, <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. And, but it was literally this um, concrete shell of a building with bunk, uh, bunk beds. And um, the one night we were worshipping, our whole church was worshipping. It was a student, uh, student church and we just had this extended time of worship. And a young, uh, young girl was there, a friend of Debbie and I, who was just going through something. And so we took a, um, the, the meeting was here, and it had, uh, didn't have ceilings. So the walls went up to, the, to a certain point, and then there was a gap between the one room and the next, if you can understand. So you could hear what was happening in the next room without necessary. So we went into the, uh, into the room. We were just praying with this girl. And as we were praying, we could hear the music, the, the worship had kind of died down, and it was, it was just ticking over, but nothing major. And as we are talking to this girl, suddenly the music just changed. It was like, it was like literally, it, it was like the whole room was filled with the most extraordinary, beautiful music and singing. And my first thought that went through my head was, that's the angel singing. My second thought was, don't be so super spiritual. And I just discounted it. Lo and behold, Debbie is sitting there having exactly the same experience. Her first thought when she hears the music, she goes, that's the angel singing. Her second thought was like, no, 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 no you know, it can't be that. And we never spoke to one another about it, but there was this moment where there was the, sh uh, the shift in the music, and it was just incredible. The only way I could explain the music, I said, uh, said to her, it was like music in color, uh, or in, in 3D. It was just, it was otherworldly. Nope, no other way to explain it. The next day we got back home from the camp and we went to, to church and people, as we walk in, people came up to us and said, did you hear the angels singing last night? And we were all, actually, yes we did. We didn't realize. We, and, and we got really excited as we realized that everyone had experienced it. And then a young girl who was on that camp came down and she had had a vision and she told us, and this girl was the shyest young woman ever. She was so shy. Um, she wasn't the person... 
Um, she, she would never go up and share, you know, she just was not that type, you know. And, she, and then when they had test me time, she comes down and she starts relating with tears. She says, I was standing there during the worship, worship with him, and I had, I had my eyes closed, and I was just praying, I was saying, God, I don't know if you're real. I want to believe, but I'm just struggling. I'm really doubting. Please, I don't know if you're real. Please show yourself to me. And she opened her eyes, and Jesus walked into the room. She saw Jesus walk into the room. And um, what had happened in the meeting, and other people had come up and shared, like they'd fallen over, they'd fallen over, and, and this one had fallen over. And in fact, one person had actually fallen into the drum kit. Um, <laughs> And they would have fallen uh, over. And, but it, 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 had, it had moved around the room like this. And she said, I saw Jesus move around the room. He would stop in front, uh, in front of you. He stood in front of you and in front of you, in front of you. All the people had fallen down. And, he, and, he, and, he stood in front, and then he'd stand and they'd fall down and they'd fall down and they'd fall down. He said, and then he walked around and he stood in front of me and he showed me his hands and I saw the blood on his hands. I saw the hole in his hands. And he looked me in my eyes and he said, this was for you. I love you. Don't doubt. And then this young girl, who was just like not a bold girl, just begins preaching to us. And she's like, you need to believe. You need to believe. Stop doubting. And she's just giving us the word. And I mean, that was a miracle. Just to see that, that girl just change. It was like, you know, the fire of God had come on it. But, you know, the amazing thing was that whole encounter, if, if I hadn't had the follow-up, I probably would not be telling you the story today because I didn't expect the miraculous. I didn't expect God to do stuff like that. And it was just like it, it was, I, I, the supernatural occurred and I reverted back to the natural really quickly. And this is part of the reason why sometimes I think we don't step into more of the miraculous power, uh, power of God. Um, another friend of ours, uh, Joshua Mills, he actually, the first song, the first song that was sung today with Joshua Mills, um, he, um, he tells a story of his, his, the slogan of his life is expect miracles. Expect miracles. And when you meet Joshua, I mean, honestly, the miracles around his life were so extraordinary. First time Debbie and I met him, we were, we, I went, because he's known for having gold dust, not just gold dust, gold flecks just appear on him. So the first meeting we went uh, of his, I remember sit, I was sitting on the second row and I was like, I'm checking this dude out. I want to see. I want to see the, if the gold dust comes. I want to see what happens. And he was wearing a dark suit that day and he's preaching and he's preaching. And I was staring at him. I'm like, okay, I want to see how this happens and from one instant to the next was the craziest thing I was looking at him he looked fine and the next instant he looked like an 80s rock star it was just the weirdest thing and he's literally he just his jacket just went and all of a sudden he was covered in gold um, glitter and then the next day when we got to meet him I was sitting with him looking at him and all of a sudden like just a gold fleck appears on his cheek and then another one and another one, and I was staring at him. And after a while, he could see me. He said, the gold is coming, isn't it? I said, yeah. <laughs> but he tells a story where he went with his, his son, uh, who was a teenager at the time, and they, uh, they went to one of the islands in the Hawaiian chain. I can't remember which one. And um, they, uh, they got there. They felt like the Lord had uh, sent him and his son. And uh, they walk out of town, and they see this, this mountain, 
and um, his, his boy picks up a stick on the beach, and Joshua picks one up, and he says, come, Dad, let's climb that, that, that mountain. So they're going up the mountain, and uh, the boy's got his staff, and he turns to his dad, and he says, Dad, I feel like Moses going up the mountain. And Joshua says, oh, that's cool. He says, Dad, can, can we take our staffs and hit a rock and see if water will come up? And Joshua is like, oh, and he keeps on blowing him off, you know. And they get to the top of the mountain. But on the way down, the conviction of the Lord falls on Joshua. Because he realizes he's been teaching his son something, but he's not acting on it. That his son is wanting to see if a miracle will happen, and he's just blowing him off. So on the way down, he says, boy, if you want to do it, let's do, do it. And his son, really, Dad? Can we? So his boy takes his staff. And they find, first the, the difficulty was they couldn't find a rock. They were, and finally they find this little rock. And then the boy goes and he takes his, and he goes to hit the rock and he misses. He hits on the one side. And he misses on the other side. And then he hits it a third time, uh, hits the rock. And as he hits the rock, the rock opens and this muddy water comes out of the rock. And then after, uh, after a while it uh, clears. Well, to say that they were crying and laughing was an understatement. The two of them fell down and just began. And then Joshua gets out his phone. He phones, he, he phones home, tells his wife in snot and Toronto, what's happening? Ah, mommy, this is happening. Ah. They have a glorious time. Get back into town and share the story. And people say, well, how, you, what, you, what do you mean you phone your wife? He says, there's no cell phone reception there. There's only cell phone reception in town. So this is a, a friend of ours who walks in the miraculous. His statement of his life is, expect miracles. Expect miracles. And you know what? <laughs> miraculous cell <laughs> Okay, that's the teenage takeaway. Expect cell service. So the second reason I believe that, that we've, we see so few, or we, we don't see as many miracles as we should, it's because of bad teaching. Many of us have received bad teaching, and the church has received bad teaching, that says that miracles have stopped. Or, and, and what that is, that's not biblical Christianity, that's deism. Deism was a doctrine that, uh, that came out in about the, uh, the uh, 1500s, 1600s, that uh, really took root uh, towards the end of the 18th century, where the teaching was that God made the world miraculously. He made the world, but it's like a great big clock that God wound up and he got everything going and then God left and he wandered, uh, he wandered off. Um, there's also the uh, teaching of cessationism in the church which says that miracles ceased with the last uh, apostles. And the scripture they use to teach that is 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians th uh, 13. It says this, Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will, be done, uh, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And the interpretation of this passage of Scripture is the perfect represents the canon of Scripture. And so the teaching goes is that, that miracles and signs and wonders and power were necessary because the full canon of Scripture hadn't been, uh, hadn't been established. But now that we have the full canon of Scripture, the perfect, uh, which is perfect, now we no longer need uh, miracles, signs, and wonders. My contention with that is, that is such a random interpretation. 
there's it's very difficult to 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 just assign the perfect to oh, the perfect canon of scripture or the bible or anything like that not only that but the internal logic of the verse makes no sense because if that was so not only prophecy should have ceased but knowledge should have ceased um, and and actually knowledge has not passed away neither has tongues neither has prophecy neither uh, neither has uh, miracles but the opposite of that is 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 which says this, I, and I, I absolutely love this uh, scripture. The kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. The kingdom of God does not consist uh, of words, but in power. And of course, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, Paul, when he preached, he said, My God, I, I did not come to you with wise and persuasive words alone, but he, uh, with a demonstration of power. We ought to expect the gospel to be demonstrated with power. We ought to expect miracles wherever, uh, wherever we go. And I, I find that once, once people start teaching this idea that God just talks, it's, it, firstly, it's just not biblical. God doesn't just talk. He, um, you know, and, and, and just through uh, Scripture, there's prophecy that uh, still exists. There's signs, there's wonders, there's, uh, there's miracles. There's things that we can't explain. That's, that's the very definition of a wonder. The very definition of a wonder is something that makes you wonder. It's like, I wonder what that was. Was that God? Wasn't, uh, wasn't it? That was just something um, uh, uh, amazing. It leaves you with a sense of awe, uh, miracles, signs, uh, and wonders. Until we get to heaven. When we get to heaven, there will be no need for gifts of healing because there will be no sickness. And when we get to heaven, the, the Bible says, now we know in part, then we will know fully. And, and uh, then there will be no uh, need for that. The final reason that I want to highlight, and there's many other reasons, but these are the ones I want to just highlight, is we don't see miracles because we don't take a risk. We're affraid of looking silly. We're afraid of looking foolish. And so we're afraid to ask someone, hey, could I, could I pray for you? Could, could, could you and I just see if God will step in in this moment? And I'll be honest with you, we see a lot of miracles. We also pray a lot of, for a lot of people who don't get healed. But I tell you what, <laughs> we see a lot more healings now than we used to when we didn't. And, you know, what, what we've done often in the church is, like, we, we see that with Jesus, everyone Jesus prayed for got healed. He had a 100% success rate. When I pray for people, some people get, uh, get healed, and there's a large gap between Jesus' ministry and my ministry. My job is not to create theology to explain away the, uh, the, the difference between what Jesus does and what, what happens through me. My job is just to make that, to, to keep on trusting Him, to clo uh, close that gap. Because His promise to us was, the things that I do, you will do, and even greater things than these. And so, I mean, we, I mean, we literally, I mean, and I'm not exaggerating, since we started pursuing the, the miracles, we could sit and entertain you with stories of wild and wonderful things that we've seen God do for literally hours. But it all became, uh, it all started because we just started taking risks um, and, and asking uh, people, you know, can we pray for you? One of my, one of my favorite stories from the early days was um, 
my, my wife went out on the street praying for people and there was a lady at the, at the bus stop and um, Debbie went up to her and said, can I pray for you? And she said, no, she doesn't want prayer. Uh, have you got any pain in your body, any sickness? And at first she was like, no. And then she said, well, actually, I've got this growth on my leg. And she had a, a growth the size of a golf ball just on her leg. And so Debbie laid hands on that and growth. Uh, on that growth and prayed uh, for its healing um, and felt it disappear right under her hand. It literally, I'm, I am right, eh? It just went poof and then it was gone. Didn't, <laughs> the, I didn't feel it disappear, it just wasn't there. Yeah, exactly, that's what I mean. <laughs> it just, it was gone. And so Debbie said to the lady, I think it's gone. And the lady is like, mm, 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 she's not really, big. and she touches. <clears throat> and the next thing she goes, Chini! and pulls up her skirt to have a look. And whatever, it just gone like that. I mean, Dad, uh, Mom, and Dad came with us to Bethel Church. Oh, wow, it must be fifteen, two thousand and eight. And Dad uh, gets back and begins sharing with the lady who worked for them. She was dying at the time of HIV/AIDS. And Dad just said to her, uh, Mom and Dad just said, to her, "Listen, I've just been to the, uh, this church and miracles happen. We need to pray for you. We need to pray for you for healing." And uh, prayed for her right there in, the, uh, in their breakfast room. You know what? God healed her. She, w- she went back to the clinic and they tested her again and all the HIV was gone. And she's still alive today. At that time, she was ill and she was thin as a rail and she was dying. You could see there. She today, she's well, healthy and not thin as a rail. She's, she's really doing well. She looks fit and healthy. And I, I just want to encourage us, this year... And, you know, we've all been through, I think, a challenging time. The last two years have been challenging for all of us. But let's not forget who our God is. Some of you might need resurrection in an area of your life. Maybe you're feeling hopeless. That, that's a, but, but you know what? God longs to step into that area of your life and speak to you and, and show His love to you. Um, he, God longs to use you more powerfully to display His nature and His love in, uh, in the world. And this is how He does it. Our God is the God of miracles. Our God is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when He's with us, He loves to make Himself known in His true nature. Um, I, I find that often we, we listen to things like this. We say yes, but we don't process it into our lives. Well, the Bible says in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, it talks about about desiring those gifts. So think through your life and say, well, where would I like to see a miracle happen? You know, um, and, then, and then start picturing yourself taking the risk. Take this moment to say, well, where could I see it happening? Where can I expect it? And the thing is, is that we, ha- we are so afraid to expect um, what, what will someone say. We're so afraid even to get it wrong. Um, Nigel, also this week, he was in Micah, and his, as soon as he got to the toll, his foot got sore. And so he asked the lady, your foot doesn't happen to be sore. She said, I've, I've always got a problem with my foot. The pain in my foot continually. Um, anyway, she, he prayed for her and went out. Anyway, the next day I went to Micah, I completely forgot about it. He told me about it, but I completely forgot about it. And I went up to the lady and I get, started giving her my mic card number. And she has amazing memory for, for numbers. She said, your husband was in here yesterday with this number. So I said, 
Oh, yes. She said, yes, he prayed for me. And she said, my foot, which really gave me problems, and I didn't give me any problems last night, <coughs> and it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's still a little sore today. So I prayed for her, <coughs> again, just for the complete healing. But the, um, but the thing she said, she said, you know, it just made my day yesterday. I just felt somebody stopped to be interested in me. Yeah. And, you know, from what she said, she was, like, she was very happy about praying for the foot and it getting better and everything. But for her, it was just that someone stopped to love her and take a moment to... And, you know, that's, that's what God did. You know, God didn't do miracles because he wanted to show off his power. Or to pr- he didn't have to prove himself to I'm yeah. God of the universe, guys. I'm all powerful. Bow down and worship me. The reason why he went out is to because he loves people, and that's um, and that's our mindset. And to be able to go wherever we go, whether we're at a shop or a coffee shop or whatever, wherever you're going, be expectant and take a moment just to be quiet and say, "Is there anyone here you want to love today?" You know, and, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, it can be the simplest thing. So that's actually our job is just to love the world because God is with us. He is with us. He's in you. And it makes life exciting. If, if your faith is stopping exciting, take more risks and it'll get exciting again. Like, um, a, couple of, um, about a couple of months ago, we were getting creamery ice creams. Oh, that and was, there was a lady behind us and Nigel just felt I need to I'm going to buy her and her little girl with her so as soon as we finished he said listen I want you to choose your ice cream because no, I, 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 I said to the lady I said I paid for I think and I said and this lady and her daughter buy them whatever they want it's on me and this lady looked at me and she says are you serious I said yes I'm serious have whatever you want and she at first she wouldn't uh, so I got for her but the little kid that kid knew um, how this she was like, I'll get a double scoop. Thank you very much. Can I, uh, can I get one for my brother? I'm not even totally sure she had a brother, but you know. Like, but they, they really, the little kid just jumped in on that moment. But again, it gave us this moment to just share the love so of Jesus. She just starts crying and she said, like, I can't believe this. You don't know what I'm going through in my life right now. This is amazing. So we had no more agenda. So we just said, God loves you and he just wants to bless you. That was all we said. She said, I just can't believe it. To the point where the lady who was serving, she was obviously a Christian as well. She comes around the counter and she gives this lady a hug and she says, I just, I can't, God, you, you can't expect God to do this. He's a good father. So anyway, having this She's this big Zimbabwean lady. She just comes and gives her a hug and she says, God is like that. He's like that. That's what he does. <laughs> just and then beautiful. she goes out and then we sat down, just the two of us. And after a while, <clears throat> this lady comes back and she, she, comes, she obviously went away and she's still overwhelmed. And she comes back and she says, like, I just came back because I just want you to know, I just can't believe that this happened. So we had another opportunity to share and to and she then started telling us that and she was jewish she was jewish but her her friend had been sharing jesus with her and she said you know what i'm going to go back to my friend now and and i want to hear more now 
So you never know what God can do through the most simple things. And through, through the miraculous power of ice cream, which I think is pretty <laughs> We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.